I'm not pulling out of my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another Drive to Work Coronavirus Edition. Okay, so I have a wonderful guest with me today, Gabby Sparts. Hey, Gabby. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Mark. How are you? It's good to see you. Okay, so I'm going to ask you the question. I always start with the same question is, how did you get into magic? Sure. So I got into magic around uh, 2011, and one of my best friends uh, from college actually knew that I would love the game because he played as a kid, but I'd never played magic. So he got us, or he got me actually, a deck builder's toolkit for my birthday. And he called it a selfish gift because he wanted to play too, because he hadn't <laughs> played magic in years. And so I was like, okay, we'll try it out. So we made some really, really kind of bad decks. We just had like the mono green deck, the like black vampires deck, which is the one that I played. And a bunch of people at my office, we all got into it at the same time, which was really cool because it was some people who had played when they were kids and they hadn't played in a long time. Some people who had um, never played, like I had never had played and some people who had dabbled in and out. So I think together we kind of formed this group of like magic players at work. And eventually we started going to like FNM and then we started going to Grand Prix and stuff. So it was awesome. It was, it was cool to do it with friends. Okay. So how did you go? So that, that's a very simple times. How did you sort of go from casually playing in the office to having magic become a much bigger part of your life? What was that sure. transition? So I think we all got into it to varying degrees of intensity. So we had a friend who was like immediately going into Andrew Beckstrom. Actually, he was immediately into the like PTQ scene and he got really competitive real fast. I was definitely on the more like, I'm going to go on Fridays and this is kind of fun. <laughs> Um, but I had recently moved to Chicago, so, um, I didn't really have a, like a well-developed group of friends there and we got into magic right around the same time. So going to FNM means that a lot of my social circle in Chicago just became magic players that I met playing the game. So that part was really cool because it just became such a big part of my life very quickly. Cause it wasn't just that, that I loved the game. It also just became this like very big social aspect to my life. And, uh, eventually Many, many years after I started playing, I I stumbled upon Twitch and I had done a lot of work on YouTube and I went to the magic directory and this is back when there was only magic online and there were so few people streaming it at the time. And I was like, I can do that too. Like, I definitely know how to do this. I've done stuff like this for YouTube. So I made a Twitch account and um, didn't really have like a rig. I just had like a, a very, very medium laptop that I was streaming out of, but I really loved it. And the community was awesome. So I just started streaming since then. That was about five years ago now. So let's talk a little bit, because I mean, one of the things that, that I'm trying to do with my interviews is I want to expose the audience to a lot of different aspects of magic. Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited to talk with you about streaming, because I think that, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people obviously watch streamers, but a lot of people aren't even aware. So let's talk a little bit. What is streaming? Let's get into the idea of what exactly streaming is. Sure. So the funny thing with streaming is I think a lot of people think uh, it's like, why would you watch other people play games? Right. And I think that that's it gets lost in the sauce. Sometimes people don't quite follow. Like, why would you watch other people play games when you could play it yourself? But I, I feel like it's similar to watching other people play sports. Right. You don't always going to want to go play sports yourself. You watch other people do it. And so. Um, that's part of the beauty of streaming is that it, it's not just for magic, right? It's for anything. It can be people streaming them cooking and making cakes, decorating something. It could be them making music, play the piano, or play games. And uh, for me, it was magic because that was the game I was obsessed with at the time, still am. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Um, but it's really cool because you develop this like nice community around streaming the game because if you're not familiar with it, you get to see the person playing the game, you get to see the person themselves, and there's a chat. And the chat gets involved in how you play. So the chat gets to, if you're doing a draft, for example, the chat gets to weigh in. They get to say like, oh, you should take this or that. And um, if you made a bad play, they get to make fun of you for punting. <laughs> or if you made a sick play, they get to like congratulate you because it was good, right? So it becomes a very social experience. It's much bigger than just streaming a game. It's, it's, a, it's a communal activity. Yeah, so one of the things that I find very interesting um, is, like one of the things I want to expose people to, one of the reasons I've been doing a lot of different interviews is that magic is so many different things. Like one of the things to me that's fascinating is that um, there's so many different communities out there, right? It's not, I mean, there's kind of a larger magic community, but really it's a lot of smaller communities that, you know, and like, for example, you have people, I assume that watch you regularly, that, that, you know, one of the things they, one of the, the shows they like to watch is you playing magic. Um, mm -hmm. and what, I want to get down a little bit. What is it like? So when you're playing, how, how is playing a game with what, while you're streaming different from just playing a game? So it's actually quite different because I, I, Magic is a very complicated game, right? It's like it requires a lot of thinking. So it's a strategic game. It makes sense. So when you're playing by yourself, you'll like sit there and you'll consider like, should I attack? Should I block? Like, what should I do? Um, or even if you're drafting, you're like trying to think like, what cards did I pick? What should I, my next pick be? Or like trying to evaluate cards. Like maybe if the set is new, you, you're trying to figure out like, does this card look good when you're reading it? But when you're playing with other people watching, it really changes the dynamic of how that works. Instead of being uh, just about playing, it ends up being kind of, you can end up having, like one of the things that's like pretty common in my stream is we just go off topic, you know, like we'll be playing <laughs> magic and, and it's with all the magic people, but we'll go off topic and talk about lots of things. Mm -hmm. Or a lot of times it'll be like, if it's a simple play, like if it's so obvious that you should just like turn everyone sideways, it's like, okay, cool, attack all, easy. But if it's a really complicated play, maybe you can be like, hmm, so we have two options. We can do this or we could do that. And this would be good if it's this case or this would be bad if they have this card. Hmm. And then kind of collectively you can be like, ah, let's just take the risk. Let's go for it. And mm -hmm. then you can either, it goes great or you get punished. So it does um, mean you play a little slower. Like for mm -hmm. me, that, that definitely means that. But it also feels like it's cool to have people be able to take a look at what you're doing because you mm -hmm. also get to learn from that. Like, mm -hmm. a lot of times you get to stop and be like, huh, wow, that really didn't go well. Let's think about it. Why? What could we have done differently? Not just this turn, but, like, even earlier. Mm -hmm. What could we have done to win that game? And it, it feels really good to have other people to kind of bounce those ideas off of because other people are for alternative lines of play. Or maybe they, they're they like, oh, what if we had taken this card on turn two with Thoughtseize? Like, it, mm -hmm. it, it changes a lot of that. So how much of streaming do you think is entertainment? versus sort of playing the game? Um, it's like half and half. I, I think it's more towards entertainment, to be honest, because at least in the way I experience streams is I will treat them like I'm watching a show, but one that I'm not really paying that much attention to because I'll be doing something else. Mm -hmm. So like one of the ways I watch Twitch is I'll be working on one monitor and I'll have somebody else stream up on the other. So I won't always be looking at what they're doing, which mm -hmm. always happens with streaming and people love to come in and they're like, why don't you do this thing? It's like, well, I can't do that because those are like three illegal plays or yeah. like that's not what the card <laughs> does, which happens all of the time. But it does mean that you do have to have an entertainment factor, right? Because mm -hmm. if it's not just watching the stream, it, people are going to want to be there for like 
beyond beyond it's entertaining like what what does it feel like what are the other people in the community like and some for some streamers it's true like i think for some streamers it is just about playing the game some people are just like laser focused and and like pulling to see if they're like looking on turn one like huh which of these three lands do i play and like saying nothing yeah but that's what's cool right it changes from stream to stream mm-hmm. well the, yeah the one of the things that i find the dynamic i find very interesting is um one of the things about the magic community is this idea of wanting to share with one another, you know, like having mm-hmm. a shared thing. And that the neat thing about a stream is that, like, it's fun to, like, I mean, how big do your streams get? Like, what, what like, how many people, like, what's, what's your high point of a, of a stream, for example? Um, it really varies. I think, like, my, I recently did a media kit, so I know my, like, average concurrent viewership is, like, around 500. But, yeah. like, you have some days where you just go up to, like, 1500. It really kind of depends. When the set's out, when the new set's out, uh, there's a mm. lot more people who I think get really excited because they maybe haven't gone to FNM yet, but they're excited about the new set. They kind of want to see what what's up, right? Mm. And they want to see somebody else, like, draft different archetypes or see what they think about, like, the new card. So depending on what's going on, like, it really can just, it's a really wide range of how many people can show up. But, it, but it's always, like, a healthy amount of people who are weighing in the chat and you can kind of have those conversations. So one of the things I know about, so I have a son, I have a 16 year old son, um, mm-hmm. and his name's Adam. And one of the things that Adam does is he watches Twitch all the time because he's trying to learn. Like one of the things I know that I, I'm sure happens for, for you is, and maybe this is why people really like on new sets is I don't know what's going on. I want to get comfortable before I go and do it live because I want to make sure, you know, I don't want to look foolish or something. So it's fun to sort of watch somebody else do it and I can, I can get comfortable sort of viscerally watching them so that when I go do it myself, I, I'm, I'm coming from a place of comfort. How, how, much, of, how much of that happens? 100%. That is a big part of streaming, I think. I, I do think this varies from streamer to streamer because some, some people are like, you know what? I'm not here to think. I'm here to play my deck and it, maybe it's bad and it doesn't matter. But I do think uh, learning is a big part of it. Like for the people who are learning, I think they will be paying a lot more attention. Like they won't just be here to... to hang out they'll they'll be here because they want to be like hey i like the deck you're playing i want to see you play that deck and if you have tips and tricks i want to know that it's similar to when people go look for strategic articles and Uh and they try to find um how do i play this deck better because this is and this is one of the things that i think makes magic truly awesome is that you just have so many different directions and so many different decks so many different strategies that you can play that you could be a great like aggro player and it's very different than being like a good combo player right so mm-hmm. sometimes i will go to like matt nass's stream for example and i'll be like i want to watch you play this specific deck because i know i can learn a lot from that yeah whereas i might not necessarily want to watch him play like an aggro deck because he wouldn't even be streaming that in the first place but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i do feel like learning from other players is, is a big part of it because you do pick up all they these streamers generally play a lot so they tend to play decently well so you can learn a lot from them okay so i want to dig a little more into i mean you do a lot of streaming but i'll also talk so let's talk about some of the other things you do with magic um sure um i used to not as much anymore but i used to be a play-by-play commentator for mm. wizards so i i was well, living the traveling life every weekend that was really fun i got kind of burnt out on it the travel was a little much for me but i love doing it it's well let's talk about that well, what's it like so for the person like what, what is that life like uh, it was really cool for, like I said, I got burnt out of the travel mostly because I'm, I'm such a homebody. Like, that's mm. the biggest thing for me. Um, but it was really cool because it was both for Grand Prix and Pro Tours. Mm. So 
um, for a while, it was like, you know, this weekend we were in Atlanta and then the next weekend we were in Hawaii for the Pro Tour and then the next weekend we were in Texas for another Grand Prix. So it was a lot of travel. But also you get to work with some really talented people and I loved everybody that I worked with. And it's, it's a stressful job, but it's also very rewarding and it's also like, I feel like there's a lot of room for growth. Like, I always felt like I had a lot of room for improvement, and that's something I really cared about. So, so I want to, for people who have, I mean, obviously, behind the scenes, I, I like sort of sharing behind the scenes. So, mm-hmm. what is it, if you're a play-by-play, what does it mean? What are you actually doing? Like, what what's the physicality sure. of it? What? So, in the booth, and actually, you know, I'm glad you really, I'm glad you asked me that, because I think a lot of people don't know this. In the booth, there's two roles. There's always two roles. There is a play-by-play commentator, and then there's a, the expert slash the color. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, the analyst. So the play-by-play is the host. So the host welcomes people when they come back to the broadcast. So, you know, they get a countdown from the producer and you'll be like, hello, everybody, welcome back to Pro Tour Hawaii, blah, 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 blah. And then you just do like an intro. You'll do things like throw to ads. Like you're, you're the person who's kind of directing the broadcast and you are also the person who's in charge of asking the, the analyst the questions. So it's your job to know every card, what they're called, what they look like. Like you have to know that like this and you have to be very quick with it and you're setting up you actually set up questions that sounds sometimes dumb like they make you look kind of like you don't know what you're talking about but it's because you're asking so that the color can say oh yeah this was a great play for this reason or so like you'll you'll ask things like what is the bad matchup for this deck you might know but you're setting up the the analyst yeah and then the analyst on the other side of the booth is the person who's like who's very knowledgeable they could be a hall of famer they could be a pro player and their job is to kind of walk the audience through what's happening in the game and tell you what things were good or what things were bad. And maybe like what a player needs to do get to get out of a situation or like how they can come back in a game if they're really far behind. So you kind of do this like ping pong between the two of you where you ask questions and set them up and ask them those que- and ask them to answer those questions. Then they'll answer that and then it's back to you to kind of keep directing the broadcast. So I don't know if you're aware of this. I used to do play-by-play in the very, very early... Uh... I do know that. I do actually know that. <laughs> so I, how, how long ago was that? Oh, I mean, at the beginning, beginning of the pro, over 20 years ago, beginning of the Pro I Tour. I think I've seen some of those videos. Like, they so like super old school. Like yeah, old, like very old school. Like 320p or something. <laughs> yeah, so I used to do... I, used, I was play-by-play, and then I used to do interviews, like, in between stuff. Like, yeah. my, my Tommy Hoagie interviews is gained legendary at status. That's really, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah, but, I've seen uh, those videos. They're super old school. They're, I know I was like in 320p. I've, they look so blurry, but they, they feel like magic history to me, so I've totally watched them. Well, my favorite part was I loved when someone win. My favorite part was like, it's so, it's so, it's the champion. Like, I'm just like, the big yeah, dramatic finish. Getting, getting to do the, like, the exciting part of announcing the winner and yeah. like, getting excited and, or, or being able to react to, like, the really sweet plays or, yeah. like, amazing top decks. Yeah. That's definitely the coolest part. So I've done a lot of play by play and I've mm-hmm. also done a lot of work, like, as a host. So yeah. I've done, like, the person on the street interviews, um, any, any of the interviews that are not, um, like, in the actual booth. Yeah, so, yeah. like, yeah, kind of like a lot. So some of the stuff that BDM has done a lot, and and a lot of what people don't realize behind the scenes is there's a lot of roles that people play, mm-hmm. and like what's the booth like? This is I, I've been in the booth, so like explain it with the booth. The booth is not very big. The booth is really small. Um, <laughs> it's you and another person, and also like the camera always makes it look like you're further away than you're supposed to be. So you're actually like really close to each other. So usually at pro tours, the booth will be in a little cube that is soundproof. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like you. And the, in the screen where you watch the game. How many screens do you have when you watch? 
Um, it it depended. It, okay. Sometimes we got one that we both had to share. Sometimes yeah. we each got the one in front of us, which was nice. Yeah. Um, but that don't that didn't always happen. And you don't always get a soundproof booth, by the way. So yeah. At Grand Prix, for example, you just have all the loud noises and all the people running around and screaming, and you're just a little elevated because it's on a platform yeah. and you have a bigger TV. And then yeah. you're you're commentating just from the floor, which actually is, has cool energy to it too. Yeah, it's funny that that we've. We've experimented over the years where we stick the uh, the commentators. Yeah. Like, there's a time where we had them with the audience, where the audience could see them. Like, we've, we've moved them around a bit. Um, although the audience seeing them gets very noisy. That's why we don't do a lot of the audience. Yeah, uh, you, you can... And, and it can also get hard to... I mean, you are wearing these, like, soundproof headsets, but you it yeah. still, like, kind of seeps in. So it, yeah. it can be a little bit distracting. So, so that's some of the stuff I've done in coverage. I've also worked behind the scenes for coverage, too. Um, okay. I've been like? I've produced some of the side segments. Some mm-hmm. of the, like deck techs that you see there was this one segment at uh it was regional pro tour phoenix and uh, we did a spin the wheel segment with maria that was so much fun yeah where people well we just had people random players that were playing like spin a little wheel and they would have to do different things so there were things like explain banding okay. or <laughs> like favorite magic memory like if yeah. you were a planeswalker who would you be just like really cool stuff yeah, and so fun. we got to film all these fun segments okay so uh something else i know you've done because i did it with you uh, is we did a bunch of videos that were for stores, right? They yeah, were, they they were, were ex- the, the intro. They were intro videos for like if you're a new Magic player and you yeah. want to know like what do I expect when I go to a Grand Prix or like what do I expect when I go to F and M, like that sort of stuff. Yeah, so that's the one time you and I worked together. So yeah, that uh, yeah. was actually really fun. It was it was in and out. <laughs> like we filmed it all in. Yeah, one day. I want to say yeah. Yeah, and we did seven easy. videos in one day. It was very fast. Yeah, so, no, uh, those videos were great. I, that was a really fun time. Yeah, it was fun. I got horse. I, the, the 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 last video I did, which you weren't in, the, the one where I'm screaming, they they did it last because they knew it would ruin my voice. And at the end yeah. of the day, I couldn't talk. So it was. Uh... I think people might not know this, but when you do a lot of like film work, yeah. uh, specifically like because live streaming is just everything is in there, right? If yeah. like my dog comes crashing in and knocks something over, it's gonna be in there. Yeah. But for pre-recorded content, you actually film a lot of takes, like uh one minute of pre-recorded content takes hours to film beforehand. So yeah. for those videos, people don't know, we just like did those takes 20 times per video or something. <laughs> and it takes a long time, but it's it, the final product obviously makes it worth it. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, one of the things that's fun uh, doing being on camera is um, like the one thing that'll happen is you get a script ahead of time and then you're, you know, there's cameramen and there's a stage manager and like all these people, like that little video where you see two people on video behind the scenes, there's, 30 people trying to make the video. Um. Yeah. One of the coolest experiences I had when I was, uh, before I worked in coverage, but mm-hmm. I was just like traveling to Grand Prix just to play for fun. Um, I think it was Marshall, actually. He He's like, hey, do you want to come t- take a look behind the scenes? Like, do you want to see what it's like? And I was like, yes, of course. That sounds amazing. <laughs> and you just have no idea because if, you go, if you've ever been to a pro tour, um, like the old school pro tours yeah they there's big screens that hide everything that happens behind the scenes yeah. right so you don't see anything that's back there but if you actually go behind there's like so many people that are working so <laughs> many people with different jobs a million cameras so many wires like it's actually awesome so i remember yeah. the first time i got to go back and take a look like a look behind the scenes it was like whoa this is super cool yeah i mean my uh my former life was in tv production you know doing uh, tv and and one of the things that's very fun is when you sort of go to school and learn it, they make you do all the jobs just so you understand them. And like, for example, whenever there's one person whose sole job is to put 
the graphics and and uh, the Chiron, the, the the text on the screen, and like one person, that's what they do. You know, if someone shows up, they're gonna put their name up. Some, you know, they, they mention a card. Okay, we we they know ahead of time it's gonna be mentioned, so they put the card up. And um, this is the idea, like one person. That's all they do. All they're caring about is just that text. Just you know, that one thing. And then somebody yeah. else is worrying about this completely different thing. And it, it's neat watching all the different people do their jobs. Yeah, it's one of the cool things too is um, for for coverage they have us switch around so that we all know how to do the things, but we'll just be focused on that thing. So at, at many points, like some of us have been spotters, like the person who's writing the cards that the players are drawing so you can see it on the broadcast. Or right. we have been like in the booth, right? So we actually get to commentate and do that stuff. Or we've been the person in charge of like making the graphics come in. So you know how sometimes you see um, like a card goes in and then the card goes out. And so mm -hmm. you got to see what the card the player played. Like there's someone, there's one person who's in charge of making that happen. Right. So and you even database, get to learn all the roles. The, the, so for people that aren't aware, uh, what will happen is you have a database and you have to recognize what the card is. You have to know where the card is, get the card out and put the card up fast enough that it's the person doesn't talk about another card. Um, oh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a real fast process. You have to be like this card or sometimes the commentators will be, will be saying, uh, what card could the player get here to, to maybe turn this around? Yeah. And so maybe one of them will say, ah, oh, they need bonfire of the dam. So you're like, so you boom, right. pull a bonfire, show it. And then the people at home can see, oh, that's the card they need to get out of the situation. Yeah. What's your favorite, if you could pick up all the things you've done, what, what is your favorite of those when you're at a pro tour? Um, oh, man. You know, I actually really liked being behind the scenes. Even though I've done a lot of, like, front yeah. camera facing work, I loved mm -hmm. producing the side segments that we did for some of those pro tours. Yeah. Um, those were really fun. But the second to that, it was definitely being a play-by-play. Like so that, that part was just awesome. So producer, real quick, just because people, so we sometimes say terms, and I realize that people don't know quite what that means. Yeah, so, when you're like in the weeds, you kind of forget. Right, so what a, what a producer is, is somebody has to figure out, okay, we're going to do something. Well, what people do we need? Where are we going to shoot it? Like, you need, you need to figure out all the pieces of it so that it can be put together so that it happens. Right, so it... It's basically putting all those things together, and it also includes um, sometimes you'll also be the person who shoots them and edits them. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what I've done for for some of these in the past, where you have to figure out like, hey, let's reach out to all the people we want to interview. Maybe you want to find out, like, you maybe want to get a two second snippet of somebody saying, oh, this is the deck I brought today, and why I'm happy with it. Or maybe it's questions like. What is the matchup you don't want to face? Or what would it mean for you to win this tournament? Like, it, it could be a variety of things, right? So you need to find those people, um, get them to come in. You'll, like, set up the shots so that they can, you know, like, you can interview them. Mm -hmm. You'll set up the cameras and the microphones and all that stuff. And you, you might have other people helping you do this, too, obviously. Um, and then once you have that raw footage, you get to take that footage, edit it. And then that is what shows up in between the rounds of coverage. So right. when you're not watching people play the actual match or the commentators, you'll see that filler segment. And those are the filler segments with people doing interviews. And they can be they can be silly. They can be serious. They can be top eight deck techs. Like you'll do deck techs or it might be somebody um, coming to tell you like how they feel after a victory or um, they can tell you like a biop, like a like a like a story of how they got into magic. It could be any sort of things. And, so I'm going to uh, let people in on a little secret. We'll get a little behind the scenes. Um, so one of the things they do at the Pro Tour is you guys arrive a day early and then a lot of the stuff, not all of it, but a lot of the in-between stuff is shot, not while the Pro Tour is going on, but before the Pro Tour is going on. Yeah. So 
you it's a mix of the two because mm-hmm. if you, you arrive early to get those interviews that are not time sensitive right you can show them at any point and people want to see about the players that are playing in the tournament like that's a big part of it so you get to film that ahead of time and then edit those and get them ready to go but then also you have to turn it around real quick because sometimes you'll be like okay we got the person they just won the round let's do the interview and then you have to edit that real quick and boom send it so that the person who's producing the whole show can show that in between the rounds so it does get pretty fast paced, but I actually like I actually like that a lot. It's like, OK, boom, go, go, go. We have to get people in and out and get all the stuff turned around. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it's funny. Uh, when I I left Hollywood to come to, to Wizards, my thought was, oh, wow, I guess all my training, all my communications, all that stuff. Well, I, I, yeah, I won't, I won't do that. And I get here and then like I'm producing, you know, like the very first I, for like nine years on the Pro Tour, I was the producer of, of Sunday. Uh, you know, yeah, I would you, produce... t- you told me about that when we were working on those videos that we yes, made. Yes, yes. And so, that. like, one of the stories... Here was a quick story. You're talking about being the play-by-play. So, there was a point in time where I was both the play-by-play and the producer. So, I would do the <laughs> play-by-play. And then, when my, my partner was talking, I would talk to the... to the Or my headset, I would talk to the director and go, Okay, we need to go to table three. That's our next... Show. Like, so, I, in between me doing play-by-play, I was... That's dr- really funny. <laughs> and then, finally, I realized that we needed two people. Like, I... We should have a producer and have a, a play-by-play. So I, I started producing and I stopped play-by-playing. But um, there, yeah, there's, no, there's, like, yeah. It, it's one of those things that when you see the final result, it looks really smooth. And you're like, oh, yeah, of course. You go see the interviews and you do this and that. And it all flows really nicely. But really, there's so many people behind the scenes that are working on this stuff that you do need a lot of helping hands to actually get it to come together. So you do streaming. You do uh, stuff up. Play by play and behind the scenes stuff like that. Is there anything else you do? You do in Magic? Any other? Yeah, I actually have a podcast. It's called Magic FM. Uh, okay, I do it with Mashi from Channel Fireball. Okay, what, what's it? What's it about? What's your podcast about? Magic news. It's just magic news and like hot topic discussion. So mm-hmm. it will be, you know, as things happen in Magic, we'll talk about them. Okay, but they can also range all sorts of things. Like, is ghosting ethical? Like that was our first episode, and yeah. we've we've gotten to do some cool discussions. We'll also bring people from the community, and we'll bring some of our friends and other pro players, and we'll do um, kind of what we're doing here. We just do yeah. a little bit of an interview and. Uh, see where it goes because it can just you know like we never go in with like a super strict schedule so we, we actually mm-hmm. had Paul Paul Chion mm-hmm. come on uh, a couple of weeks ago we got to talk about Cube a lot because I love Cube yeah obviously Paul loves Cube yep. to curate the Cube for Wizards so yeah. we had to, we had a discussion with Luis and Paul yeah uh, just that was all about cubing and it was awesome yeah it's fun like one of the things that I'm hoping to do with um, my interviews is show the breadth of magic like one of the things that I I see just because I communicate with the public so much of like even today, like just of, of stuff you do, like there's streaming of possibilities that people might be interested. In. There's podcasting possibilities people might be interested in. There's uh, online, you know, pro tours and grand prix. I mean, we're, we're in COVID right now, but back, back right. when we get to the day where <laughs> we're allowed to go outside our houses, um, there's all that stuff. So I, let me ask that as a fellow podca- podcaster, um, what is your favorite part of podcasting? Um, I love how I love the medium because uh, podcasting has something that I think not streaming or coverage have, which is you kind of get to go in depth about a lot of things and you have a lot of latitude to move into different topics. So, yeah, you start out maybe with like a list of things you want to cover, but if the conversation takes you elsewhere, you can go there and there's room to explore that. So I, I think podcasting allows for pretty can allow for pretty serious conversations where streaming and coverage don't. 
because coverage obviously won't let you do that. You're covering the game of magic. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot more strict and, and serious than streaming is in streaming. You can see my dog come in and I'll mm-hmm. get up and go to the bathroom. Like it's very, it's very chill. Mm-hmm. And you can have any conversation you want. Say like, there goes my dog. You can probably hear her. Mm-hmm. Um, but also in streaming, you are playing another game. So because I'm playing magic, sometimes I get distracted. Like what, what if we're in the middle of a serious conversation and then my opponent like top decks to wrath and I'm like, oh my God, we're going to lose this game now. What happened? So it's also hard to have uh, like this one-to-one discussion and connection where mm-hmm you can really go in depth and in podcasting, you totally can do that. I think that's my favorite thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, is, it is fun. I mean, I, I, I mess in a lot of different mediums and I find podcasting to be the one where you get to sort of ruminate the most. You, you do a lot of writing too. How do you feel about writing compared to the other mediums? Well, writing to me is a little more technical. Like, like when I'm writing, I have complete control of the words I'm saying. So mm-hmm. I get a very crafted message where when I'm doing a podcast, I'm, it's what it is, you know what I'm saying? Like, as an example from behind the scenes, um, I, I push start and then I push stop. Like, there's no editing. Right. Like, whatever we say, we say. And, and so th- there's a very free form to, to podcasting that I enjoy. But it's, like, I don't, I sit down to interview you. I, I mean, I have some idea where it's going to go. But I don't know, you know, like, as we talk, maybe there's a new cool thing that you come up with. I never thought about it. Let's go down that avenue. And podcasting really has some of that flow. Now, the funny thing is most of my podcasting, when it's not a pandemic, is solo podcasting, which mm-hmm. is a very different animal. It's kind of a stream of thought, and that's a right. very different... Right, you're just kind of going. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm driving to work, and I'm like, let's talk about this topic, and I'll just, you know, brain dump everything I can think about the, about that topic. Um, and that's, I, I, once again, I haven't, I haven't done that for a while, because I haven't been driving to work, but... Uh, right, of course. Yeah, that, that's, I, I kind of enjoy that. So anyway, we're, I'm, I'm almost to my desk. So, um, <laughs> is there any final thing? Like, I, I, I'm using these to let people sort of expand and see new things. So, uh, if they want to see you, where can they see you? Um, I'm, well, I'm everywhere online, but my, my Twitch stream is just twitch.tv slash Gabby Sparks. If you want to see more about my stuff, I have a portfolio. It's just on gabbysparks.com. Sparks is S-P-A-R-T-Z. I know it's kind of a hard name to pronounce or say sometimes, um, but yeah, I, I, I think that's the coolest thing about magic, honestly. I love how people, I love how there's so many little like subgroups to things that people are passionate about. You can't see this because it's um, in the background on my stream, but I actually have the original art to Ambush Viper. And so for a while I dabbled into like all this community of people who love buying the art for magic mm-hmm. cards and yeah. collectors and stuff like that. Or you can just be like a cosplayer. You, uh, I've cosplayed a little bit before. I have mad respect for the cosplayers <laughs> out there. Or, like, the people who just go deep in the strategy and they want to play, like, to the best of their abilities and stuff. I, and that's just my favorite thing about Magic. I just love how passionate people are, even about so many different things. Yeah, yes. So, anyway, I want to thank you. So, I'm, I'm at my desk. So, we all know what that means. It means it's <laughs> the end of my drive to work. So, instead of talking Magic, it's time for me to be making Magic. But I want to thank Gabby. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. This was fun. So anyway, guys, uh, I want to thank Gabby, and I will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.